Hello, and welcome to Alive or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Keith McLeod, and with me is my fellow host, Chris Lavender. Today, with our special guest, Robbie Latelier, we'll be discussing Ascendancy by Trivial. very good day to you keith how are you i am good man how are you i am great and i'm pleased to see we are joined by our fellow guest and friend of the podcast robbie latelier hello robbie hey guys what's up and this idea sort of came around so robbie talked to me about trivium about what year and a half ago so i've wanted to get robbie on and talk about trivium and just so happened that Keith wanted to talk about Trivium Ascendancy. I wanted to get Robbie on to talk about Trivium because I didn't want Robbie to talk about Dragon Force. <laughs> <laughs> this is factual information. Just some housekeeping here, though, before we get started. Okay. I I am a Trivium fan now. Yes. So I I came to Trivium like much later in the game. I knew, I obviously listened to Ascendancy, I, I knew of them, but I wasn't a fan. Um, so this is a, this was an experience for me going back and listening to it after kind of some time apart, I think. So it's, it's going to be interesting to chat about it. No, I think that's great. I think, we've got, I think we've got all bases covered. I think we all were aware of Ascendancy. Some of us are going to drop off after Ascendancy. Some of us are going to come back and then drop off again. And Robbie, we've got yourself who, who who's a current fan. So we've got the, the the years. What is what have they done? Like seven studio albums? Too many. Too many. They've done a lot in what I think is not a short period of time. They've obviously been around for a few years now. Seventeen years since it's since ascendancy. But yeah, I, th- I think they've still done more than I think I know they've done. If that makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, anyone who has come back to. Alive or Just Blethering, thank you very much for coming back. If this is your first time here, give us a shout out on our socials at AOGB Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, for all the updates, memes, and random stories and retweets. Lav, I've got a question. Should we share the email address? We have an email address. If people want to email in, if you've got something more to say that you don't want to say in 100 and whatever characters Twitter is, email us in. Yeah, sure. AOGB.podcast at gmail.com. There it is. AOGB.podcast at gmail.com the dots are relevant you can miss the dot out and we'll still get it really because that's not how email works that is how gmail works fucking gmail did you not know have i just told have i just blown your your mind you know you can add plus and then any word you want and it'll still get to you that so you could do you could do aogb.podcast plus sign fuck you guys at gmail.com and we'll still get it that's a gmail thing that has to be... No, a... it's not. Mm. Other other email providers also do it. Let's not get caught up in this yeah. already. Anyway. We're digressing. So, Ascendancy, Trivium. This, this takes me back big time because it's 2005, it's 2006. I'm in a power metal band and here <laughs> I've got the, 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 these guys who are basically the same age as me, like absolutely tearing a new one. You, you know, the first time... I heard pull the strings harder of your martyr, whatever. Good, good lord! I was in. I was, I was all in. Yeah, we're not gonna. I mean, can we? 
Don't rip the bandage off on it. I can't. I don't even know the words to pull pull your mart any pull pull harder anymore. It's boat rudder, strange mountain. Oh, right. Bill's thighs, yellow lips, treble, let it rip. Yeah, totally. That's that song. Like Paranoid Dave, absolutely set the bar on interpretation videos with that one. Broken dwarf. <laughs> See, I, I don't even try and remember the the actual title. I just call it. It's that the song. It's the Trivium song. No, it is. Yeah, let's be honest. If if you say or like Trivium to anyone now, chances are, unless they are like a, a fan, they're going to be like, "Oh, they did that song, the pull harder one." Yeah, and it's just like I get it's. It was one of these ones where I remember when I first heard it, and see like the drum intro and stuff. That's all. I was in it. It was all cool, and then like again. I can't not talk about this. Just in the, the album in general, like Keith, I'm sure we've spoken about it before. Just like Matt's enun- is it his enunciation when he's like screaming. Yeah, it's just yeah lyrical pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, like it's just and that I I think that's what kind of put me off because it just was like I can I I can enjoy screaming. I enjoy screaming now. I enjoyed it back in the day, but it was just something about his enunciation of like the the words and and that's why again it leads back to what you guys are saying with people doing their kind of the the like interpretation of the, the lyrics, lyrics. Yeah. it's because because his enunciation was like just all over the place it makes it just it's like perfect kind of fodder for that kind of thing no you're, you're, you're yeah you're, you're totally right and it's it's a, it's a theme that goes through the album uh I think you referred to it, Robbie, as uh, baby heefy lyrics, which I thought was quite funny. I think he does improve. But then you got to remember, the guy was like 2005, so that he's the same age as me. So they recorded this, 2004, I mean, 2005. He was 18, 19. 18, 19. Yeah, that was a, you're writing your second that was album. That point of it. And you're on Roadrunner. Like, you're, yeah. you're, you're there to flex. You're there to impress. You want to hit hard with this. So... The guy went places with stuff and we got some hilarious interpretation videos because of it. <laughs> well, just like what you're saying there, yeah, there were kids and, and Matt's spoken about that since since then. Uh, Matt and Paolo have both spoken about it and said basically what they did that a lot of bands didn't have to do was they grew up, they were like young kids finding their way yeah. kind of in this genre of music and growing up and and having to figure out what how do we want to look in our music videos how like all this kind of stuff so yeah it makes sense and, and the other thing is as well is like this album like i don't think the the band didn't expect it and the label didn't expect it to to kind of blow up or do as well as it it did for the band so yeah it makes sense i mean i i still can't forgive the lyric from the song annihilation your masturbation <laughs> okay. Although, although the only the, the only th- it does make sense because listening to Matt explain what the song's about, he did say it was about um, a dictatorship. Oh, get it? Such a, a word. Dictatorship. What? What, song, what song was it? <laughs> it pull, pull harder. It's pull oh, harder. it is pull, pull, harder. pull harder. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I wanted to say that when I saw Trivium live, it was their first tour in the UK. And they started the tour in in Nottingham, I believe, and Trivium were the opening act. 
That's how little they were. Mm. They were the opening act with bands Three Inches of Blood and Still Remains. Yes. And within, by the next show, which I think was Glasgow, there might have been Manchester and then Glasgow, I can't remember exactly. By the time I saw them on the same tour, two days later, Trivium with a headliner. Everyone was at that show to see Trivium. And it was just incredible because, again, when the when the tour was booked, just like the album, I don't think Roadrunner really expected the trajectory that they got. And to see them headlining King Tut's 18 years old, coming over from the United States, was something else. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they basically had boy band level trajectories into sort of metal fandom. And I, I don't know anyone that didn't initially like Trivium. I think quite a lot of people maybe fell off Trivium, even on Ascendancy. But and we'll definitely get to that later. But there was um, they, they were just there was everywhere. Like and right now actually, Heafy's everywhere again. And I'm going to get to that later as well. But yeah, at absolute boy band levels of 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 popularity when they first when they first came out. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've heard again. I, I'm like, I've heard Matt talk. I have because I listened to him, and he spoke again about exactly what you're saying. Like they were on these tours where the bands that they were touring with weren't necessarily the right bands, so they felt like they were kind of having to prove themselves to these bands who had been around longer, mm-hmm. sounded different from them, and it's like you'd get your Trivium fans who had found Trivium on Kerrang or. Scuzz was Scuzz was how I I first when I first heard Paul Harder, but it was on that one hour they used to do every first Monday of the second month of a of a quarter where they do one hour of new music. Yeah. So rare. I wish they did it like every day. I just wish they did like new music videos because I'd watch them. You wish a music channel played music. Well unfortunately they just play the same fucking songs every five minutes. And now one of those songs is Pull Harder and the Strings of Your Martyr. Sad as at the time though it was like would have been probably the UK premiere of the video. Saw that and I was like, "This band are fucking." That's that's the sound I want. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. So you had like uh, like us or you or people that who found Trivium through that, who were deciding some some of them were deciding to go see this tour based on Trivium, and the, so then you had all these other fans who had already bought tickets. Not like when Trivium was just the opener. And so then Trevium had to win over all these other fans who maybe were like, I don't watch Kerrang, I don't watch Scuzz. You know, you know, you know what it's like, you know the gatekeepers, and it was it would have been like that. But remember, they're 18, 19-year-old guys, yeah. maybe like in a new country for the first time trying to do that as well. Yeah, like, and I think that's impressive. No matter what, it's impressive to, to, to say that. If, if that's generally what happened, if they were to be the openers and they switched to the headliners, like, I've I've heard of shared headlining tours, you know, so many, ba- you, you know, you'll get so many dates as headliner, it'll switch or stuff like that. Or, you know, you've, you've seen, like, Korn and Slipknot play together and it's sort of like a co-headliner or whatever. But to actually, I don't know that I'm aware of someone just all out flipping the schedule and moving from opener to headliner. So, sucks to be three inches of blood and still remains, but good on your trivium. If you look at the the type of music that three inches of blood play, they are 
how to describe it, Battlecore. I don't think I've ever heard the band, knowingly. It, they are yeah. they are essentially uh, power metal, but with like more metalcore sort of. The the singer has a really high pitched voice, and they sing about orcs and oh. vanquish the vanquish the you, the stuff your power metal band might have enjoyed. Probably. Um, then you've got Still Remains, who I think by Roadrunner's standards at the time could possibly have been seen as the most viable for the future because still remains uh uh-huh please continue still remains are the most underrated band ever the best sounding album of the three that were playing most underrated album ever of love and lunacy Mm -hmm. is is a wee darling of keith for for the listeners i've just got very close to my microphone and I'm just very looking close. at the boys on the camera and I'm like, you fucking know that was the most underrated album ever and we're going to talk about that very soon. Yeah. So, Still Remains got shafted by Roadrunner, to, to say the least. Maybe. Um, through their own, or through their own hubris. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll talk about that another day. But Trivium clearly came out of the stocks running and smashed it because they, their performance was phenomenal. They, they'd earned it. And they were playing playing good. And if you compare that to the previous album, Ember to Inferno, Ascendancy is quite literal an ascendancy to another level. Oh, and and uh, so much. And oh, there, there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about there. Ascendancy itself just was the sound of two thousand and five, I think, and and they absolutely hit the ball at the park on that album. And I think they know that because it's. They still play pool harder on every tour. It's it's such a, a well known and uh, I want to say it's still a bit of a loved album. I definitely enjoyed coming back to it. But then, you know, afterwards, straight away from two thousand five to two thousand six, we then got the Crusades. And what the hell happened there? Well, we're going to talk about it because otherwise we don't have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing thing with um, Ascendancy that. I was actually quite... I didn't know this. Obviously, again, I'm going back and, and kind of learning stuff about the album, but I didn't know it was it was Matt, along with Jason Sukoff, I think his name is, Yeah. that they produced it together. I think Jason Sukoff um, is known for... I think he, he's worked with like All That Remains, uh, The Black Dahlia Murder, I want to say as well. Oh, yeah. Another interest, again, I didn't know this, is um, on the song, Pull Harder, um, it's Jason Sukoff that plays the guitar solo. So his credit is playing playing a solo on it. That, that that's what I didn't realize, or, or what I found out in looking into the album is this was Corey's first album. Corey wasn't on Ember to Inferno. In, Ember to yeah. Inferno. Uh, it, I, I don't know. Was it on that, or or was there a second guitarist there? But I I remember so vividly the relationship between Corey and Matt. And they were just, I just thought they were like shred brothers through and through. They'd grown up playing guitar yeah. together. I was aware of the sort of the, the background that the band had met in school and stuff like that. And I thought Corey was part of that. And then turns out he wasn't. This, this was his first album. So he lucked out, you know, to, to come into Trivium on Ascendancy and just skyrocket into metal stardom. There was a lot of comparisons drawn between Keefe and Corey alongside 
Hetfield and Kirk Hammett. Right. Both in, in their sound, their playing styles, how they sort of bonded together. And really, it's really hard to think about. Kirk Hammett didn't join Metallica until really the last minute. Like, they'd already recorded an album with Dave Mustaine and had to fucking kick him out because he was an alcoholic asshole. Still a piece of shit. Still a piece of shit. He, no one cares. We don't talk about Dave. But then when Kirk joined and he was better than him and he wasn't an alcoholic, it was all for it. And he played all of Dave's parts better than him. But he, I think Dave got Dave got the credit. And Dave, Dave Mustaine was being credited right up to Ride the Lightning. Yeah, and we've not, we've not. Luckily, we've not had that deterioration in relationship between Matt and Corey because I, th- I do think it's not a special on ascendancy because that would discredit the rest of the albums. But maybe that's one thing on the ascendancy is that I think the guitar playing is is phenomenal. Like I, it's 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 compared to metalcore. It's compared to 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 thrash metal and heavy metal and stuff like that. I, I've said it before, Slayer can go suck a dick. I don't like thrash metal, but I do, I do enjoy very much so the the the, the playing on ascendancy. And I suppose that's sort of where I was at that point because I was kind of coming into like power metal. I was, we'll get there, folks. But we'll, you know, Dream Theater, etc. That that's where I was sort of finding the shred tastic, you know, technical guitar playing fun. You know, that's where I was coming into it, and and this album has it in spades well actually just in, in regards to kind of the guitars and the sound um i found out something really strange about the album don't know if you guys saw this as well but um it was originally recorded in drop d flat tuning yeah and they had to redo the whole thing yeah there was like a, an error and like, so they had to like oh, the, oh they were all out of tune yeah they? they couldn't keep the guitars in tune in drop d flat so then they just retuned it up to d Dropped just straight yeah, drop D, D. Yeah. and it apparently was just like the magic yeah. thing. But I, I did read, I either read or heard it on one of the commentary albums, was the first thing that Jason said to Matt was like, your guitar tone sucks. If you do go back to Ember and Inferno, I mean, I don't, I don't hold Ember and Inferno too fondly. I don't have anything against it. It just wasn't Ascendancy, and that's its only problem. But I described it to Robbie as the sound of every metal band you've ever seen performing live at your local gig, the local. Exactly. It was just, it was so, it's really honest and humble, and but it just sounds like exactly like every band you've ever heard opening for your friend's band. Yeah, and I think, I think they've since re-recorded it, but it is... I mean, they must have been what, like sixteen, seventeen, doing that yeah. album. So yeah. you know, it's still an amazing album for 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 those guys to produce. But its only problem is that it's not ascendancy because you hear the difference in just one album. Ember Inferno released on Life Force, I think, and then you've got ascendancy a year, two years later on on Roadrunner and pff, night and day. I tell you one thing, I think ascendancy's missing, and you might. Agree or I don't is know it, if you'll agree or disagree with me. Is it a this. decent kick drum? It's missing an Adam D. Mm. I imagine if Adam D was the producer of this album, we'd have a very different trivium. Maybe to their in hindsight, I would almost argue to their detriment. 
I, I don't know. I think it's missing a mudrock. What's a mudrock? What's a mudrock? We know what mudrock is. You know what a mudrock is. I mean, if you were to give me a genre of mud rock, then I, would, I could imagine a sound, but I'm maybe not. He was the producer behind oh. Event Sevenfold's Waking of the Fallen. 2003. That was only a couple of episodes ago. Apologies, I've not retained that knowledge. He was also the man who Event Sevenfold... Oh, he did the Hybrid Theory EP. To. He did the Hybrid Theory EP. Yeah. Event yeah. Sevenfold, give him credit in regards to teaching them how to structure a song correctly as well. Which, again, that's another thing with this album, is, I I don't know, I I think there's a lot of good stuff in there, but there's a lot of stuff in there. Oh, where Yeah, and it kind of... like I I like the album, and I like most of the songs in the album. Who are you telling, us or yourself? Well, I don't know. I, I like it's weird because the, the, this the, the, there's so many songs on this that give me at certain points Avenged Sevenfold vibes. Right. Um. Which thank you. Which makes sense because again, it's it's, it's metalcore, and if if people 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 can write in and comment and tell me I'm wrong, feel free to do so. But they won't. Waking the Fallen is like for me is like up there is one of the top metalcore albums. Like, Avenged Sevenfold kind of took it to the pinnacle of where they could kind of take it. So anyone that came after them that was making metalcore music, they they couldn't not kind of want to sound at least a little bit like that. Lav knows exactly what I'm about to say. So I, I, this purely, I think this comes down to where, where we've grown up. I think you guys grew up with Waking the Fallen. You knew the album early on. I didn't. We covered it a few weeks ago. Laugh, what was the episode? Pass. Okay. Well, you're usually better than I am, but we'll skip it. I usually have these things I usually don't have. I'm not usually... That was on episode 31, released at the end of January. Check out episode 31. We cover Waking the Fallen uh, by Avenged Good Sevenfold. Episode. And Good episode, guys. Lav made the point very early on to me that this is... This is just waking. Ascendancy is just waking the fallen, and I utterly disagree. I think this is. I think Ascendancy is the album Avenged Sevenfold wanted to write. Oh my god, the faces! Oh, the faces! Right, let me, let me, let me make my point. Let me make my point. I enjoyed Waking the Fallen. I was pleasantly surprised by it. I'm not a massive Avenged Sevenfold fan, but I, I recognised what the guys were trying to do. I just think they were maybe a year or two off of finding their feet, finding their groove, finding their, their writing style. Whereas Trivium had Ember to Inferno. I know I know Avenged Sevenfold had an album prior to Waking the Fallen, but Trivium have came out of Ember to Inferno and just hit the ball out of the park with Ascendancy. So personally, obviously I listened to this and enjoyed this album a lot more. Lav is dying to jump in here. But Ascendancy essentially Ascendancy to me is the better of the two albums it's more consistent I think it's better written I think it's better structured I think it, it's just oh my god Robbie's about to die inside I'm about to get my ass kicked but th- there's there's my point I think Ascendancy is the album Waking the Fallen wanted to be so I'll counter that I'll with... get I'll, will I get the aloe vera well I'll get the aloe vera here I go <laughs> I would counter that with Ascendancy is Waking the Falling with all the fun taken out of it. Yeah. 
I think I think Weak in the really Fallen like is a much it's a much more fun album to listen to. And there was a guitar solo on uh, I believe I can't remember exactly which track it was early on in the album. There's a track that I was like, Oh, that sounds like the chapter four solo. And then it just kind of was oh, but it's missing the the nice catchy hooky bit that makes me. I'm trying to think if it was. Is that on ascendancy or, or is that on? Waking on ascendancy, on ascendancy. It's chapter chapter four is a song that's on Waking the Fallen. Mm-hmm. Great song. Got, probably got one of my favorite. If it's not that one, it's rem, rem, reminiscence. But it's, it's got one of my favorite solos on it, <laughs> and I feel like the, the as talented as, as Matt is uh, at the guitars as is Corey there's just something about their guitar solos that are a little bit dull Oof. on ascendancy I can't I can't comment about post ascendancy but certainly during ascendancy I feel that they're on revisiting re- ascendancy's solos are a little bit lacking and and the only word i can say is they're lacking the fun that avenge sevenfold and sinister gates was able to put into his With, without without listening to ascendancy and then waking the fallen just as you're saying fun is ascendancy a darker album yeah i'd agree absolutely a darker ten, album. 10 out of 10 yeah does, does, absolutely. does that make it less fun well maybe maybe see i, I, I i'm i'm not, it's tough because i'm I'm between a rock and a hard place because you guys know that Avenged Sevenfold is another band that I that I love. I really like them. So I and I'm, I don't want to come here and be like argue about well, but this is better about Avenged Sevenfold. Uh, I, like Waking the Fallen again, it's got its dark moments and stuff. If, if you look at like lyrics, but again, it's me going back to lyrics. I'm a lyric guy. I'm a I'm a lyricist, a vocalist, and there's just levels levels above uh, what M Shadows wrote compared to what Matt wrote I've I've listened to Matt try and explain his lyrics and explain where he was coming from but like I, again it's one of these ones where I'm like he was, he, again we've said he's an 18 year old kid yeah. 19 year old kid writing these lyrics but I think that's just where so many times they just kind of fall down I mean the other thing for me Again, I, I, I'm sounding like I'm being really negative, but I promise I actually do enjoy this album. But even like like so, Matt's vocals on this album. He's so he's he's admitted himself. He never wanted to scream. He only started screaming because he couldn't sing. He wasn't a good singer. Mm-hmm. That's coming from Matt. So again, if anyone wants to come for me, Matt said it on this on the album. He's got like four different vocal styles that he tries. So you've got your screaming. He's got a kind of raspy, kind of clean vocal. Yeah. He's got a kind of deeper clean vocal, and then he's got the vocal that, like, honestly, I, I, it really grinds my gears. Is it the strainy vocal? It's the nasally clean vocal that he does. That and it's just it's one of these things. It's like if you if you're wondering what I mean, listen to. Dying in your arms. The when it gets to the key change, I mm. struggle to f- I struggle wow. to finish that song. Oh. It's it's honestly and it's just uh, and this again this just, is just the end right. 
It's Lab's favorite. But that... it's Lab's favorite. What, uh, what, who, who do you think should have written that song? That that was a bullet from my Valentine. That's your song, favorite bullet from my Valentine song. <laughs> yeah, totally. It is, and I, and it, it was it performed exceptionally well in the UK charts. And I think it's because people thought it was a bullet from a Valentine song. I genuinely think that. I would disagree with you because this song came out before Bullet from a Valentine were writing songs like that. And this came that came out close, March. Though. It was very close. It was March. March for this, and then the the bullet song for me that matches this song closest was well, all these all these all things. things that I have done. All these things I hate. That's it. All these things, all I, these things I hate. And that came out, I want, to, I want to say September. Again, if someone can fact check me, fact check me. Um, I'm sure it came out around, but they would have recorded that album and those songs after this album came out. I have no doubt of, of your, your, your numbers and dates here, but one date that stands out is that both me and Keith would have heard of and seen Bullet for My Valentine before knowing that Trivium existed. Yes, in and 2004 saw them performing opening for 36 Crazy Fists as we discussed on episode 20 back in October. Right, The Poison, the album to which we are discussing, was released 3rd of October 2005. So it came out seven months after this. The singles, Four Words to Choke Upon, was 28th of March. So they were releasing singles. But that was on... We were trying to look... I was trying to look for this earlier. I'm sure there was an EP. Yeah, with had, Hand of Blood. With Hand of Blood, which which also had four words to choke upon on it. Yeah, already as well. And then suffocating under words of sorrow. Jesus, that's a trivium title and a half in it. Nineteenth of September. So <laughs> things things came a little bit later, but th- these bands were on the touring circuit at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 seven months in between the album releases, but they definitely they definitely cross paths, cross streams. Maybe no. The only the only thing I, I'm, I was going to say is again, just like Lab said, like "Dying in Your Arms" was the big UK radio hit. Yeah. For Trivium. Yeah, huge. Uh, it was, it, and it was a song that shouldn't have been on the album. It was very lucky to have remained on the album. As we've heard on the uh, on the commentary, Roadrunner didn't want it on, but they they pushed for it, and I, I like the song. I, I think it's one of the more upbeat faster tempo songs on the album, but I don't think it doesn't fit. It's out of place only because there's nothing else like it on the album. And if they'd written another two songs that were a bit more ballady, it wouldn't be so out of place. If they'd wrote a Tears Don't Fall... They'd just oh, crash God. around me. So Bullet, it fits on The Poison, all, the, all these things I hate, and, and Tears Don't Fall are on the album, so it, it fits more. It's not as... As much of a, a, a like, it was more jarring on ascendancy because ascendancy yeah. is a kind of thrash metal, metalcore kind of album mm-hmm. yeah. for 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 the majority. And then you're like seven songs in, all like halfway into the album, and um, uh, this song comes on. And if you listen to the radio mix, it's oh, plinky, plinky plonk piano intro with some with a, a drum machine. Sorry, but the the tambourine. During the chorus is just 
too much. It's too much. I've not I've not heard it in a while, but I do recall that the the radio version of that song is absolute garbage. I, I will. It's balls. I, I back you one hundred percent there. It's also the shortest song in the album by quite a bit. It's two minutes fifty three seconds, where everything else is, you know, days m- more than more than <laughs> four minutes. Days in length. So we've went around the houses a little bit with it, but coming back to my original point, Matt's the reason I think that I didn't gravitate towards Trivium until later on. Specifically, again I'll get specifics, ten years later, the release of Silence in the Snow was when I think I like was when Matt had found his voice. He'd kind of went, he did vocal training after he blew out his voice. I think he blew out his voice touring the Shogun album, I wanna say. And he literally blew his voice out like like mid set. They did I think in waves after that, where he did kind of, I think, bit of half and half. It wasn't until 2014 that he blew his vocals out, and I think that is after, or that's around about the time of Silence in the Snow. So he sort of blew his voice out between Vengeance Falls and Silence in the Snow. Really? See, I, 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 for some reason, I thought, was, I don't know why, I thought it was earlier, because I remember it being a big deal, and then, because Silence came out, and there was, it was the usual thing, they did the same with M Shadows, where they said, oh, it's because he can't scream anymore, but he I'm sure he came back and done screaming after that, but yeah, I mean, he went he went away. He did training. He even got training. It was crazy. He got training on how to scream. After it was M Shadows, t- basically again. So again, they're linked again. But he, it was M Shadows, I believe, that told him to go to a vocal coach to learn how to scream the right way. Yeah. But yeah, as I say, it was it was Sands and Snow. I think where you if, if you listen to that album, Matt's voice is much deeper. He's found like the perfect kind of place in his like so chess. It's a mostly it's chess range. voice. Yeah, it's mostly chess voice that he does. I think, but and I think that's kind of where I, I kind of came back to to the band. I was like, oh, okay. So, but then I, I can go back and listen to kind of. I think in waves is another album, an earlier one. That was like 2011. But again, that's half and half. His voice is pretty awesome on that but I think it was like, like I say Silence of Snow 2015 was where I think Matt found his voice which kind of suited my ear at least no I I, I agree I'm not so sure I don't I don't think I paid too much attention to where Matt found his voice I think there's 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 definite changes you, you, you there's less shouting on, on later albums for sure uh, it, it does come back in sort of like you're saying once he's done the vocal coaching and repaired his voice a little bit it was we sort of touched on it at the very top of the album, uh, sorry, top of the episode where Robbie, you're a fan of Trivium now. We're all aware of Sendency. So, Lav, you came off of Trivium straight after Sendency. You you did not stay with them. Whereas yes, I like you came off after Ascendancy because as we've already said, the Crusades is garbage. Sorry guys, if you ever hear this, I think you know it was a bit of a weird turn. It was you know it was the uh, Oh my god! It's a funeral for a friend album. Tales don't tell themselves. Tales, it's 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 your tales don't tell themselves. Although I like tales don't tell themselves, and I will die on that hill. But it was I kind of completely bypassed Shogun because I was so affronted by the Crusades. And similarly to you, Robbie, it was In Waves that got me back. As soon as I heard In Waves, I was like, oh oh my god, Trivium are back. This is a, this yep. this is really good stuff. Trivium are back, but. It's not just 
I went back to In Waves. I've gone back to a few albums, and it doesn't punch as much as I remember it does until it gets towards like the second half of the album. So track ten, Caustic, are the ties that binds. Track eleven, Forsake Not the Dream. Track thirteen, A Grey So Dark. These are like epic tunes, and. It, it, it shows how far the band came along in, in their sort of writing. I mean, these are still long songs, five, five and a half minutes. Caustic are the, yep, five, 30, five, 20, a grace of dark. Actually, cheeky little, cheeky little banger at 2.41, two minutes, 41 seconds. But even the title track in, in waves and, and where it goes from there. And yeah, I was, I was with them for another three, four albums until... I felt the sin in the sentence was a bit underwhelming and I didn't really have time to listen to what the dead men say before the court of the dragon in the court of the dragon came out and as soon as I heard that I was like oh no <laughs> what what happened so I, my my fall off from from trivium was harder than most through the reasons that I'll I'll go into in a moment I've tried to listen to a few of the other albums after listening to Ascendancy this this, this last week and taken inspiration from yourselves, giving me some ideas. So listening to In the Court of the Dragon, nope, can't do it. That was not one for me. Then the one beforehand. What the Dead Men Say. What the Dead Men Say. I think he's got a, a decent voice. It's a little bit Yarly. It's a little bit Scott Stapp, a little bit um, oh, wow. Miles Kennedy-ish. Okay. He's, he doesn't do much screaming in it. It's it's very yeah, all that kind Headfield. of Headfield. Not no, not Headfield. It's it's, yeah, it's definitely Miles Kennedy side of things. And and then I've picked through the few tracks. I remember in Waves coming out and being like, this isn't awful. But my my problem with 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 Trivium was after seeing them live the second time. Um, I was I left the show incredibly disappointed so the first time i saw them as, as i've mentioned was was their first uk tour with uh still remains and three inches of the other one destroy the orcs three inches of blood destroy the orcs that's all i've got in my head for them now um <laughs> but the the second time they came back i missed them and they only played i think it was a, it was a relatively small tour so it was like Glasgow, Manchester, London, and for for whatever reason, I couldn't make the Glasgow show. What what year was this? Sorry, just what year was this? This must have been two thousand and five again. Right, I think okay. it was November two thousand five, and I, I can't remember where they played. I didn't see them. But then in, the first time I saw them was two thousand seven. So two thousand six was when they came over, and the the tour was called the Crusades, but the, the album hadn't come out yet. Yeah. So they were still doing all the ascendancy stuff. They played a couple of "This will be off our next album" kind of things. Yeah. The support act for the so it was, they called it Number Three, the Crusade, and that was God forbid, Blood Simple, and Trivium mm. as the headliners. God forbid were brilliant. They are they are a phenomenal live band. If anyone wants to listen to a great metal metalcore band like more on the side of metal than the metalcore god forbid totally nail it so trivium come on they start playing their set they're set from beginning to the the sort of encore was fine i didn't have many problems with it they then came back on to do an encore okay okay 
And it was just a disaster. And I don't know what went wrong. They started playing Master of Puppets. That's, that's where it went wrong. They, so Agreed. they were trying Agreed. to do this. So this is they've come on for an encore, and they've gone to do an eight-minute metal-like Holy Grail song. You love Master of Puppets. I fucking love Master of yeah. Puppets. That was the first Metallica song I ever heard. It is a absolute banger of a song. Yeah. And they butchered it. They absolutely butchered it. Someone shut and your they... cereal. <laughs> but then the worst of it was they just gave up halfway. They didn't even finish the fucking song. And I'm like, guys, come on, you're a professional. Right, so the first time I saw them, it was in King Tut's. So if anyone who's who's familiar with Glasgow, King Tut's is a really small venue. You are so close. It's super intimate. You are right on top of the band, no matter where you're sitting or standing. One of the best this, venues in Glasgow. Arguably, potentially the, the, the best, but I think we still know that belongs to the Barrowlands. But then the second time I saw them, this was now into what at the time was called the Carling Academy, is now the O2 Academy. Mm-hmm. And it is a similar size to Glasgow's O2 Academy. This was a huge venue. It was an old bingo hall, multiple like stepped auditorium. Must be at least 2,000, 3,000 cap. And they're fucking diddling around on their guitars and making just utter shite. And then, and, and by that point, I was like, "Are you fucking serious? Like, you've come on stage and you've just had a jam so, to master puppets." So, like, how how was the 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 set? Like, how was the like the ten to twelve songs they probably played before they absolutely butchered Master of Puppets? Absolutely fine, is all I'll say. All right, great review. A little bit defensive. Fine, that was fine. So this is where. So at the time, I was it's almost like quite heavily involved. It's almost like you don't want to call it good. I don't want to call it good because what happened afterwards just made me go, "Well, fuck you guys." Okay, okay. Now we're getting juicy. <laughs> so I was a little bit. Of I was in. I was quite into the Trivium forum at the time. So for our our younger listeners before Facebook, there were forums, music forums Love. that you would we're go stuck. on to the band. And I know where I know I know what our demographic is, but anyway, the. Music, your band forums, you'd go on to, so there was a trivia, a dedicated Trivium forum, and there were always chats about the gear that they used, where you can watch new videos, where you can get new releases, if there was something that they were doing in, in the towns or cities, and this this tour was really hyped, super, super, everyone on the whole, everyone from the UK who was visiting the Trivium forum was super, super hyped for it, and at the end of each show, People would put up their reviews or their comments and things. And overwhelmingly, there was a lot of comments on the... I saw them in Newcastle. There was a lot of comments that were like, guys, you 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 dropped the ball on this one. This was not a good show. There was, you know, it felt like you were trying to, like, be bigger than you actually are. The last time I saw you... And, and I made a comment of the last time I saw you, you were just... You're just starting out. You're a new band, and you you totally owned it. What what's changed? And the bassist, yeah, Paolo, pa- pa- Paolo, pa- Paolo, Paolo, he responded. I think to I think my, you've told this story before, but yeah, please continue. To my to my comments, with words to the effect of, 
Fine. Next time we come back, we'll just bring half stacks and no lights. Yeah. As if that was the fucking problem. As if the problem with the show was the lighting rig and the fact that they had full stacks of Marshall cabinets, not just half stacks. It's like, bring back some fucking talent next time. Okay. Bring bring, bring back back some humility with you. So basically what you're telling us is... There was a couple of teenagers arguing with each other on forums on the internet. Because yep. he, he was like, he was, he's like ages with you. He was like 19, he would have been 19 at the time. Uh, would have been 2000, this would have been 2006, so it would have been 20 at this point. Oh, so. oh, 20. Oh, they, oh. there we go. Well, I, so. I don't know, I feel like I feel like we're getting into a, a, maybe I said this last time as well, we're getting into a spiral here or a, a pattern Lav, of you heckling bands online and them not taking yeah. well to it. And frankly, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Wade McNeil <laughs> shat on you before and now Pablo from Trivium is also shitting back. I've got a Lost Profits one as well if you want to hear. We'll never talk about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, you're not going to be covering a Lost Profits album. So, so yeah. I think what, one Carry thing, on. one thing as we're, we're sort of talking about the later albums as well, this is... I'm saying I didn't have time for what dead men say. It's it's not just that. What I've sort of found myself with, and Robbie, you and I have talked about this extensively, is is Matt Heafy has sort of re not reinvented because he's clearly still the front man and 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 and, and a member of Trivium etc. Like that, but he has found success in streaming, Twitch, YouTube etc. Guy's a massive gamer, so. Credit, credit to him. That's 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 pretty impressive. I understand he's he's quite successful from it, but it's it's sort of changed my perception of him because I'm not a streamer. I don't I don't watch streamers. I, honestly, I don't. I don't like. I'll, I'll watch YouTube. I watch and I subscribe to YouTube channels and I'll watch YouTube channels, etc. But I don't. I don't do streaming. So it sort of alienated me a little bit from from him and from his music that. I can't, I can't connect, and this is a downfall of, this is my problem, I can't connect a Twitch streamer and a metal band. The two are not mutually exclusive to me. Or they are mutually exclusive? I've never understood that metaphor. So it's like, I, I'm almost seeing what the dead men say and in the court of the dragon, it, it's almost becoming like cookie cutter metal for me. Like it's almost, the albums came out a year apart. And uh, neither of them particularly, particularly excited me, particularly interested me, and all I see now is oh, it's this Twitch streamer releasing metal albums. It's it's totally changed my perception of the guy and and the the music they now release, which is probably shit, but it's sort of the problem I'm in. Well, see, the, the, what the Dead Men say for me, great album, we love that album. But it's I didn't expect to enjoy in the court of the dragon, and it's because I've come to just accept that generally speaking with Trivium, I will like one album, and then the next album will be a bit meh, and then I'll like the, the album after that. So every second and album, oh, almost. almost like clockwork. Honestly, almost like clockwork. And it's it was interesting because again when I've, I've, I was like I've watched a few documentaries of the band when they've been making albums and talking about albums and stuff and Matt has said like multiple times that he's okay with that he's he's okay with 
you only liking one album by yeah Gabriel. coming in and out and, he, and I think he's a great guy like, I, he, he he looks like a he, he comes across as a and I know he's worked on this he comes across as a as a, as, as a very confident and like sure of himself person not in an arrogant way mm. the guy I think approachable yeah well, the guy talks about it on the ascendancy uh, commentary that he had a lot of social anxiety issues and people thought he was just mm. a bit of a, an arrogant dick and stuff like that and I think he's gotten into a way, and maybe even the the stream has helped him along with this, of a way of presenting himself as, as very confident and, and very, not so much forward, but just as sure in the person that he is and, and how he wants to talk to people, which is cool, but I've lost my point. You don't like the stream lord. You don't like he's the edge lord, streamer. He's not an edge lord, he's a stream lord. I think I coined the phrase stream lord. I don't know if that's anything <laughs> new. But yeah, he's a total stream lord now, and I'm just like, oh, dude, like I just feel like you're. To me, kids watch Twitch, and I know that's not the case. But to me, Twitch is like a kids' platform, and I'm this, just, this very much sounds like a you problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm just too old. I'm, I'm just I'm just too old in myself <laughs> to, to give a fuck about Twitch and streaming. I wouldn't give a penny to Twitch because Twitch are a bunch of assholes owned by Amazon, and they have the worst customer service, and they don't look after their streamers at all. As we all learned once we found out what their income was, thanks to a hack of the entire entirety of the source code it was only up to like 2019 though wasn't it it was enough <laughs> it was enough and uh, there was a streamer that I, I did watch on it and he had a relatively big following and they didn't pay him for like four months because there was some discrepancy it was after the hack so they were probably being a little bit heavy-handed with the who the payments were going to to make sure things were going right and they just weren't responding to him. It's all like, um, just like we get trying to contact our banks or building societies or electric companies, you get put through automated chatbots. And that's how they look after their like stars because it's they're the people that are making the content for them. Mm. You'd think they look after them and they genuinely don't. And that's where I, I almost had a subscription to Twitch with this for this one other streamer. He goes, does the dank pods episodes on on youtube but he streams as garbage time and it's just him doing drums to to silly songs but that's that's the one streamer that i've been able to connect with and i can see why people get into it because it's it's a it's a way to interact with artists that you love and when you've got someone who's funny and and has a, a good personality a good charisma i can see why watching them do their thing like you say, watching them write songs or how they construct lyrics, Robbie. That's where I've, I've, I can see why people get into it. Yeah, I think the other, the other thing again with the, the kind of the rise of, of Twitch, with musicians especially. I mean, you've got Herman Lee's another one who from Dragon Force, in case people don't know, another one who does Twitch all the time. But I think with the the pandemic, like again, I, I'm not I'm not a Twitch guy. I don't really watch twitch stuff i'll catch things from matt i'll catch things from herman but it's usually through other sources so it might be something that, that they've put on youtube as well or something on like their instagram and i heard like matt talking about it and just saying like so when the pandemic happened they weren't really making any money it wasn't like this revenue stream coming their way so by kind of doing this it was keeping the band's name out there and he was talking a lot about if you can you buy merch maybe buy a t-shirt buy something and it was kind of so that's why I, again I, I see what you're saying um how 
it can be different for different people. Like I, I quite enjoy kind of seeing some of the stuff just because I like it is quite interesting sometimes seeing what they're like in a sense kind of behind the scenes and how they go about kind of writing and and kind of making music. I mean, I found out that Matt does what I do when I record. So when I record vocals, I have to find my voice for the song. So to do so to do that, I will listen to one of my other songs. Matt does the same when he has to like scream. So he will he have like a song in mind. He'll be like, right, so this song I'm going to do screaming. It's going to sound like this. So he'll go back and he'll listen to that song before he records his vocals. Now I didn't know other people did that. I thought maybe I'm just that's just how, what I have to do to kind to find the right voice. So it's quite interesting for me like learning that kind of stuff. So I can kind of see I can see both sides of of kind of how you'd some people would like not appreciate the Twitch side of things. I I by no means mean to to shit on the guys revenue streams or income or whatever i don't i don't care it's it's 2022 people can make livings off the internet that's that's fine i had to unfollow matt from instagram just because there was so much content and i was like i don't i don't need to see all of this i don't i don't want to watch all of this if i'm going to be a bit of a dick i felt like some of his covers were pretty pretty basic you know? shit yeah pretty shit if you ask me absolutely shit it's like all right man you, you can you can write albums like no one's business you're an amazing musician you're absolutely a talented guy you're but you're just absolutely churning out content for the sake of content here and and it's not something i want to consume so it has it has greatly affected my my interpretation and my, my visibility of the band to know that like on one side, that's that's how he can he can sort of sell himself because at the end of the day, we all sell ourselves. Whether you've got a, whether you've got a day job in a shop or you're a Twitch streamer, you all sell yourself to, to a certain extent. That that's fine, but that's not really something I align to or or can or want to relate to, or, or I, I don't relate to it at the end of the day. Coming back to the album. Oh yeah, ascendancy. Ascendancy, the album. I do. There's uh, there's more I want to talk about Ascendancy, but Lav, please continue. Well, I was just going to bring us back and sort of run us through some of our favourite tracks. Well, yeah. be- before What's we the standout moments, but yeah, go for it. What were you going to? Before we do the tracks, then there is just we we sort of touched on it earlier. We've touched on it a few times, and it's 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 Matt's lyrics. It's his it's his vocals, and in listening to the commentary. I want to talk about one of the other big releases from Ascendancy, and it's a gunshot to the head of Trepidation. Gunshot. And a great song. I fucking love it. Yep. Yep. But maybe what I've realised more recently is, and Matt openly talks about this on the commentary, he had a great childhood. He had a really great upbringing, and he credits his his parents for, for, for providing that. He was not a victim of domestic abuse or 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 sexual assault or, or, or anything. He grew up in a happy place, which is which is great. But then he's written a song like Gunshot to the Head of Trepidation. Now, fair enough, I don't believe every artist or vocalist can relate 1,000% to the material they may write about. But I'm just wondering if... He he he, sta- he states himself he wanted to write gunshot to the head of trepidation because he's he's he wants 
he wanted to put the message out there that if you are a victim of, of those terrible, terrible things, that it gets better and you can, you can, you know, there's hope out there and you can kind of stand up to your oppressors and, and, and you can fight back and, and there are things to do and stuff like that. I just, I'm just, I just wonder if having not been someone who went through that and who openly talks about how good of an upbringing he has, was that his platform to stand on? It's an appropriation, isn't it? Of, Kinda. of that. Kinda. And it would have been, I think it would have been more, you know, and a gift of hindsight would be nice to have had him maybe bring a guest vocalist on who maybe could be more legitimate in, in talking about those issues. But we can all talk about abuse. Abuse exists. It's yeah. something that people do have shit childhoods. It might not be, you know, any of, any of us, but ultimately it's good to acknowledge that these things are, you know, it's, you know, we don't need to hide from them. They do exist mm. and facing them head on when gunshot is, is about that sort of don't give up hope, which can come off a little bit crass when it's like, yeah, you don't give up hope when, when you've got dad paying for music videos and helping you through and giving you all the financial and loving support that you, that everyone deserves. Yeah, managing your band Some, and, and giving you a Gibson guitar and, you know, supporting you and your, your, your family throughout your childhood. Yeah. Certain things aren't as simple as just saying it gets better. Sure. Sure. You're you're ingrained some certain abusive cycles. You're ingrained. You're stuck in that that loop. So it, I think it, it was he's 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 treading a very fine line. See, and this is but this is where we need to kind of remind ourselves that this is an 18 year old kid who's kind of again. I remember writing lyrics when I was an 18 year old kid, yeah. and. I would write about stuff I had no idea about. But I'd write about it because it felt like it was something that like people would want to hear. Or I'd seen other bands I really liked talking about similar things. So I would kind of put myself try and put myself into that headspace and, and, and write these lyrics. And had I lived it? No. But I again I just looked at the things around me and stuff. So I kinda cut him some slack with that and, and I mean the message as you say, the message going with is that to try and kind of turn kind of your pain or, or your struggles into some kind of positive kind of outlet and and that's I think that's the, what the the lyrics are about but also just on a lighter note they totally ripped off still waiting by some 41 with the, <laughs> yeah. um, just 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 saying I can't I can't listen to, I can't listen to that song without like picturing little Derek Wibley and his spiky blonde hair trying to be um, the lead singer of Offspring talking about kind of fighting the power and stuff. So <laughs> that's that's so funny. I'm not. I, I I know you mentioned that at the top of the pod, and I don't I don't quite know the reference. I didn't go back and compare the songs, but th- th- thanks for getting that in there. I think just to- all the, all the listeners at home, give it a try. Yeah. At at AOGB podcast, let Robbie know what do you think? Does gunshot to the head of trepidation sound like still waiting by some 41 and the timelines match up still waiting's 2002 so it was before this what and, an amazing and video you know, what an amazing video as well well you know you know matt little matty who was listening to some some 41 back in the day i think just just before we get on to our favorite songs 
you're right, Lav. Like it's just because it didn't happen to him doesn't say that he can't, uh, or he shouldn't address the situation. You know, we all we all have to like if if you don't address the problem, then you know you're you're you're. It's very much a thing at the moment where like complicity, complicity. Oh, what is the, what am I trying to say here? Complacency. Complacency is just as much as, as doing the thing. If you don't challenge you know toxic behavior and misogyny towards women then you know you're just as much of a misogynist and and a toxic person towards women or or sexuality or whatever like i I get that but maybe i was just a bit shocked taken aback by it i don't think i fully understood the meaning or his perspective of the song and i just thought oh well is that that's it sounds like you're you've made a, a, a metal song because it was because it fit the mould of a metal song? It fit the mould for a metal head, as there's the assumption Protect, that yeah, very much so. metal heads come from broken homes, b- bad backgrounds, which I think all three of us can attest to is not, the not case. true. Yeah, not the case, and as Matt can also attest to. Yeah, and the the again, I'll mention Metallica again. The reason Metallica got big is because Lars Ulrich's dad was fucking loaded. And was able to support and sustain his his son's early career, where you're not making much money. Have Have you seen the special edition on uh, on on Spotify? Oh, I've just remembered this. Trivium covered Master of Puppets. Yeah, they did, and it's fucking crap. Wait, wait, we, don't, we don't talk about it. It's so bad. <laughs> it's, like it's on the special. It's edition worse. It's. At yeah. least, at least it finishes, I guess. But like... oh, oh, oh. yeah, they they covered that. They get uh, through the whole song. They get through the whole song. Anyway, was that not the one off the Kerrang? Yeah, thing? the Kerrang Master yeah. of Puppets. That's yeah, that's that's where I first. That's the first time I heard all of Master of Puppets was the Kerrang copy version, cover version. Oh, was Kerrang's album of the year two thousand and five Ascendancy? Just to get that in there, they were a Kerrang band. Like that's what very that's what the way I always looked at them when Ascendancy came out. They were a Kerrang band. They were perfect. They were like young. Kind of Matt was a decent enough looking guy, you know what I mean? And Paolo's alright looking, I suppose. Handsome man. Not my type. Handsome men. And it and it goes back to like we kind of touched on kind of they were the metal boy band in a sense of Peak Peak two thousand five, like yeah. absolutely peak peak Roadrunner. Because Matt even went on to captain a fucking team of the Roadrunner United album. Kid's 19 years old and he's like on par with Rob Flynn and Joey Jordison and Dino Dino. Caveras. Cazares? Cazares, yeah. Insane. The guitarist from Fear Factory. (laughs) Thank you. Insane. Insane. But, Lad, you wanted to talk about favourite songs? Yeah, I did. Because there was one track... It stood out to me back in 2005. Is it the radio version me. of Dying in Your Arms? That, it yeah, is not. That, that well, I'll tell you what stands out from that. It's the fucking tambourine. No, the one that stands out for me most <laughs> is the song The Deceived. Okay. Yeah. That song just slaps. Every single time. If I could start the album by listening to that, I would. It was my... I remember playing it and trying, trying to play it as a as a as a guitarist and it's listening back in 2022 I've probably not listened to Ascendancy since 2006 mm-hmm. and that's a track that I'm going to put on playlists if I want to if that's my if, if anyone ever asks me 
you know, oh, Trivium, what, what's, what's your favourite song? That's the one I would give them. The Deceived, yeah. The Deceived. What about yourself, Robbie? I think. So, I did some prep before we did this. What's that? I actually took it. I, I took, yeah, I, t- I took notes when I was like, I was like, well, what, how would I feel? And um, to be fair, I have to agree with, with Lav. I mean, my notes I put next to the Deceived was, I, I definitely got Avenged Sevenfold vibes again. Sorry to bring them up again, but I got definitely Avenged Sevenfold Sorry, vibes. Ascendancy is the better from, album. From uh, <laughs> it's, it's the, the, the clean vocal part gave me that, but I, other than that, I literally just wrote banger of a tune next to it. Like it is an absolute banger. We, I, I like we can't we can't kind of vote this song. Rain, I mean, Rain's a pretty pretty awesome opener for the album. It's not the opener, though, is it? Well, it is. We don't we don't count intros. No, but intros they, don't count. We, we have to address. There's a one minute twenty intro on that, yeah. and you can skip that. That is one minute twenty of your life. You, yeah. you can reclaim. Co- completely irrelevant. It did not need to be there. I don't think so. I think right. you, I think you could open the rain and, and blown the fucking doors off straight away. Fucking right. Well, I think I won't jump on the lav bandwagon. Um, I'll pick a different uh, departure. Again, another. I've. I've same kind of thing. I've, uh, I, my notes are again, it's actually a banger. More Avenged Sevenfold vibes, and it should have finished that album, in my opinion, because the song. I, right, yeah, I'm not. I, I don't want to get angry, so I'm not going to talk about this. The, the album finisher, the last track on the album declaration. I'm not going to talk about. It. I think. I mean, I mean, pulling harder on the strings if you matter. No, uh, pulling a spade. <laughs> Those the, the you know the the, the, yeah. the the bigger singles pull uh, pull harder gunshot uh, dying dying in your arms I think sort of like like to fly sort of stands out to me I kind of I kind of love the whole album I'm not I'm not gonna lie like I I think I said at the top of the album sorry at the top of the pod or before we started recording that I've listened to them so much in the last week that it was too much songs have started to bleed into one another. You guys have sort of said the album was maybe a bit too long, and I was like, "Yeah, but it's only eleven songs." But then it's eleven songs of five and a half minute songs. It's it, I, I get it, and the amount that I listened to it, it was very much starting to become one piece. But I generally didn't skip any song, with the exception of the intro. I listened to just about everything, and I, I, I kind of love the whole thing, but. Just, just if I had to pull one out, I'd maybe go say like like Light to Flies is is an absolute banger. I agree. Yeah, it's a good song. Uh, not one that I would skip either. But you've mentioned now a couple of times that you perhaps over listened to this album. Mm-hmm. Is Ascendancy an album that you would put on a regular rotation from now on? Um, probably not. N- no, and it's in in fairness. It's it's not the album's fault. It's as I as I sort of said earlier. It's where I am with the band. I love this album. I fell out with the Crusades. I came back on within waves. I was pretty much with them up until what the Dead Men say, and then that's when Heefy became a streamlord, and I don't want to listen to them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I, I um, it's one of these so. I've got obviously my my like everyone does it. They've got their band kind of playlist that they, they put together. So I, like Trivium are my gym band. See if I'm like going to the gym. I'm like yeah yeah put some put some Trivium on. 
I, there's not many songs off of this album that, I'm, that I would definitely put on my playlist. Like, I, I was listening to the album and um, I was like thinking, does this go on the playlist? And as my, even even the songs that I said, that, oh, it's a banger of a tune. I'm a bit like, but would it would it kind of be out of place with the other songs I've put on my Trivium playlist? Because I again, because I'm I'm very much like I came came in kind of later on and, and had I went back and and again in waves great album definitely got songs off that, but I don't know if, if ascendancy if, if there's many songs make the cut. If I was gonna make a Trivium album, uh, sorry, if I was gonna make a Trivium playlist, you bet your ass I would put a lot of ascendancy on it. And that's not to say I wouldn't take anything off of later albums. Obviously, you can rule out the ones we've talked about, like the Crusade. And in fairness to Shogun, not listen to it. I'm not gonna say it's bad or good because I've never listened to Shogun. But the uh, yeah, if I was to make a Trivium playlist, oof. Probably all of Ascendancy would go on it and I would just like pepper in songs from other albums. Even Declaration? Yeah, even Declaration. Fuck it. Seven minutes. Doesn't need to be seven minutes. Seven minutes of Baby Hefe, absolutely. <sighs> it just doesn't need to be seven Screaming his nuts out. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, well, I've actually had an interesting time going back to it. Is that to I... say you never have an interesting time with me left? <laughs> It's only when Robbie's here. You're I don't welcome. know. I, I wanted to hate it, right? I really wanted to fucking hate it. Okay. And I've not, is, is the safe answer. I've Great. rediscovered the the songs that I really enjoyed when I was 20-year-old. 20, 20 to totally interrupt, to, to absolutely just make you stop talking. You you totally touched on <laughs> later albums, but did we actually get to the point where like you enjoyed later songs, or was there just was there just like bits you were like, oh, you knew in waves and, and you knew some of the, the later songs, but was there actually anything that stood out? Like because we've not really talked about Vengeance Falls, I completely um, forgot about, and I think is amazing. There's Silence in the Snow, and well, that's that's sort of where I started. To... I don't think I picked a single track from that. I listened to. The first half of what the dead men say and thought it sounded okay i tried to listen to the the new album the, the year of the dragon yeah. and thought yeah, it was mince it's just, it's just it's just mince like i can't i just can't find there's something off about yeah. year of the dragon that i just can't put my finger in the on court of the dragon. in the court of the dragon whatever <laughs> enter the dragon oh. End of the dragon. So has this has this brought you back to Trivium at all? Like, would you would you maybe would you maybe come into it? You know, are you a bit more curious to look into In Waves or Silence in the Snow? No, I'm not. Okay, I'm not convinced. I I think they've I've very much compartmentalized Trivium as me being nineteen twenty year old sitting in my bedroom playing guitar. And just taking it in for what it was. Also listening to the, the Bullet of Valentine, Protest the Hero. A lot of we, we've bands, there was a band called Raunchy. We've, we've mentioned Death Pop Romance. Ooh. Listening to oh, yeah. the likes of Devin Townsend with his band. Oh my God. Strapping Young Lad. What was that? Strapping Young Lad, thank you. Because there was two. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. There was Devin Townsend young lad. and there was Strapping Young Strap- Lad. Strapping Young Lad. Right, okay. And in flames, who um, me and Robbie are going to see on Thursday. Yeah, I'm jealous. 
so there was a, there was a very specific time. All of, every single one of those bands I've just mentioned, I've not listened to since two thousand six. Jesus, <laughs> because I've got no need to maybe except protest the hero, but the there's there's been no. It, it was a very much a flash in the pan sound for me. That was it. I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but something happened in two thousand six, two thousand seven. That moved me forward musically, and I think it was Parkway Drive. Okay, because they introduced some different sound that I hadn't heard before. It's it's almost like Parkway Drive have gone full circle and came back to two thousand and six to yeah. Because I also don't fucking listen to them anymore either. (laughs) (laughs) Robbie, what what you got? Because I think we're uh, I think we're ready to to wrap this one up. Yeah, I just wait just for for the listeners. I just wanted them to know that when Lav said that he's he's not going back to Trivium, I was sad face. Sad I face, say, Robbie. No, I saw you. I, I, in fact, I can see I was dying. Too. I was I was dying in his arms. as what I was doing. It was radio beautiful. mix. It was beautiful. Um, <laughs> Ooh, tambourine. <laughs> Fuck that tambourine. No, I, just, yeah, I don't know because it's just one of these things where I'm just like I don't know. It's because um, I'm going to see them when they tour again. I was meant to see them in November and then that got postponed to January. One so thing we didn't really talk about, I, I have, glad you saw them, you had a terrible experience. I've seen them twice, same venue, I think about 11, 10 years apart, 10, 11 years apart. Yeah, had a great time. Yeah. Shout out to my mate Malky who came and picked me up in like 2006 or 2007 because I missed my train home. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it does sadden me that that didn't bring Lav back. Would have been I good. It wouldn't. Yeah. I, I kind of knew as well, but yeah. it was it was dry. But I just want to make it clear: there are bands that I listened to in two thousand five onwards that I still listen to. Trivium just aren't one of them. <laughs> okay, buddy, but you can't you can't take the knife yeah. out the back now. Like it's firmly yeah. in there. He Phoebe's going to tweet about this tomorrow. I will say though, as long I... as he tweets it with the fucking podcast, that would be great. You'll <laughs> <laughs> talk about it on Twitch. That'd um, be amazing. Oh my god. Matt, Matt, we love you. We we'll love you so much, man. Honestly, you're 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 the street lord. <laughs> so I will say though, I am glad. Me. <laughs> me. I'm I'm glad that we did this. So I'm glad that you guys asked me on to do this because, again, like I said, that then the kind of the housekeeping at the start. I wasn't I wasn't a big ascendancy guy. I'm not a big ascendancy guy now. I I do appreciate. I appreciate like more of the songs on it. It's not my favourite Trivium album. It's not going to be my favourite Trivium album. That's okay. But I, I'm glad that I, I did this because it kind of it made me appreciate it more. Well, on that then, no, that's great, guys. Thanks very much. I think on your algorithm, Robbie, we're hopefully now on track for a good Trivium album. If In the Court of the Dragon is considered to be bad, then that should put us on track for, for a new album. And now I'm looking forward to that because... I don't hate Trivium. I know I might have gone pretty heavy on the whole Streamlord thing, but you know, going back over over Silence and Snow and Waves and stuff like reminds me that there's still great music there, and it's great that like Trivium are a band we have grown up with and they've grown up with us. Like we're the fucking same age for crying out loud. So yeah. like they're always well, they're always going to be in our zeitgeist because they've existed as we have existed. So that's cool. Personally, I'm not going to come back to Trivium a whole lot more for the foreseeable but I'm very very glad they are a band and I'm very very glad they're a band that I've heard 
Yeah, I mean, uh, they're a band that formed in 1999. When, and... when Matt was like 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, and they're still going, they're 10, 10 albums deep. It's 10 albums, studio albums is what they've, they've released at this point. Incredible. It's something that's that's got to be applauded. They are still relevant in the in the the metal world. Not many bands that can say that they can that they've went that kind of long and and relevant in the Twitch world as well. Fuck, fuck my <laughs> life. <laughs> so we is that is that, I forget. I'm, I'm this is my episode. Are we? Uh, is is that everything we sort of have to say about ascendancy and trivium? Nothing else to say in it. Robbie, thank you for coming on. Is there any projects or talents that you'd like to talk about or let, let our listeners know about? I don't know about talents, projects. Um, yeah, um, I do have a project that I, I work on and we put out kind of music every so often. Got a couple of EPs out um, with The Lies of Atlas. Doesn't sound like Trivium. The, the li- is that the name? Like, we got to be careful here, like... The Lies of Atlas or Lies of Atlas? The Lies of Atlas. There's an other. There is a the. Um, you find us on all your kind of anywhere you stream music. You'll find us. You'll find us on the gram. There's not much posting happening on the gram. I'm not Matt Heafy. I'll apologise in advance. But if uh, if you want to check us out, it's we don't sound like Trivium. What? What do you say for fans of? What would you say for fans for of? Fans of. It's a, it's a tough one because we, we are we're like a mixture of kind of just metal and bit of mm-hmm. like man, there's a bit of hard rock. It's, it's difficult because it's literally me and, and my friend Lee during like lockdown number one, yeah. just we're chatting and we're just like, do you want to just work on some music? And that's kind of where it came from. And the first EP was literally recorded in between lockdown so anytime we had that little kind of break where you're allowed to do anything see someone. yeah we literally like just got together songs were written we didn't really demo we just literally like just recorded and it's kind of the most most kind of work i've put in vocals wise where i mean all the vocals are me there's like multiple layers of vocals and harmonies and all that kind of fun stuff so yeah the first EP, Eleven Eleven, is my baby. Love it. There's a second EP release, which is just kind of the B sides. We don't like having stuff spare, so we just kind of were like, right, let's just finish these tracks. Yeah, chuck it. Yeah. Finish these tracks, get them out there. Uh, but Eleven Eleven is my baby. Um, if everyone, if anyone does want to check out Lav, you've listened to it, I think. I can't remember when. I know. That was 2020. 2020 was a lifetime ago. 2020 was four years ago. Yeah. You like it? What did you liken it to, though? You were like. Did I liken it to later Avenged Sevenfold? I think yeah. There's yeah. There's there's definitely Avenged Sevenfold kind of stuff in there because of me, mostly I think like vocals wise and things like that. So Waking the Fallen, I was pro- like I, even though it was like two thousand three that album was released, it still is a big part of my life. It's insane how long time that and, uh, there's, there's even though Ascendancy is the better album <sighs> well I'll, I'd say 11.11 is the better EP so <laughs> there we go oh. feel free to tell me to go fuck myself <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no I'd say if you uh, there's there's no there's no screaming guys I apologise there is mm, there's one scream but there's no not really any screaming clean vocals kind of yeah but if you want to go listen to it check it out what's 
What's the tag at the Lies of Atlas? Um, it's the underscore lies. All it's all underscored stuff. But if you just put the Lies of Atlas, you'll find us. Lovely. And as a Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of fun, you'll find us on there. Lovely. No, thanks, man. And it's it's been great having you on. It's 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 like I said at the top. I think it's great that we've got a an array of Trivium fans and Trivium listeners. But on the subject of listening, because that's what we do here, Lav, we, we're, we're going to introduce a segment, aren't we? That we've not talked about. What segment's that? You've, you've blindsided me. We're going, to talk, we're going to talk about what we're listening to at the moment. That isn't the episode. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm really chuffed to talk about that, actually. What are you listening to? So let's, 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 let's try and diversify a little bit, yep. because it's a podcast and we can do whatever the fuck we want. And we're going to just... Let's just you know, what, what, what else are we listening to that... It isn't research for the album, so I'll go first. I've sort of found myself listening, going back over the the Mall album. Brilliant album. Which one? Di- 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 Diora- Diorama. Diorama. Great album. Mall, Diorama. We've, we've mentioned them on, on the pod before. I, I, I always confuse this. Dutch band? Danish. Danish. I want to say they're Danish. Danish, sort of Danish black metal band. You know they are the death heaven that we deserve. So, and anyone who doesn't like the last death heaven album albums, check out Mall. They they tick lots of boxes. I'll admit, I think I take a little bit more to Yard. Yard's a bit just just grabs me a little bit more by the short and curlies and throws me around a bit. But that's not to say Diorama isn't absolutely wonderful so uh, as well as uh, crap load of trivium i have also been listening to mall diorama what about you robbie so completely kind of different area i've been listening to a lot of churches they are more, oh wonderful yeah most, our friends <laughs> our, our friends, friends churches <laughs> we, we, we've all met churches all on met my stag do yes lovely no, you two met churches on your stag do when you cornered them in Berlin Airport. Everyone else looked on in absolute horror from about 10 feet away. I think there's photographic evidence that Lauren was super happy to meet me. So And extremely you know, worried about me. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> well, you were in a dress at the time, I think. Yes, I was. Yeah. It was, it was a stag do. It was, it was acceptable. Acceptable. No, I, I, I really dig churches, man. I've... Uh, I, I, uh, admittedly, I've maybe not kept up with with every release, but everything I sort of hear coming from them, I think is is generally is generally awesome. They're they're a Scottish band that's absolutely worth picking up if uh, you're interested. Was that last year's album? Was it? Yeah, screen, well, screen violence director's cut. I saw them. They were they played last Monday, so I saw them. So that that's kind of why I kind of went back to listening to that album. Sort of electro pop, synth wave, synth pop sort of yeah. stuff. And on a similar kind of. Wavelength, New Carpenter Brute. Oh my God, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, holy moly! That song came out on Friday, and yeah. So the New Carpenter, the Widowmaker with Alex from Gunship. I prefer the 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 one that he did with Greg, Greg from Dillinger Escape yeah. Plan, and the Black Queen did a song with Carpenter Brute that they released four weeks earlier, four weeks ago. Yeah, prefer really. that one, but this gunship one's really good. So yeah, so kind of as a slightly different from what we've been talking about, but yeah, kind of more synthy maybe stuff I've been listening to. Bit of a mixture. 
But yeah, cool man. I'm down for that. What about you, Lev? I have been listening to the latest single released by Holy Fawn. They Oh yeah, you sent that today. Death is a relief. It's like shoegaze black metally so more 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 leaning on the shoegaze side of things. But oh my god, that band. I love Holy Fawn. They just Yeah. They just tick every box in the in the book. I can listen to them day in, day out, and they've they just do such a, a variety of of so they released an album in, in twenty eighteen called Death Spells and between then they've released like just an EP but they did a cover of a, a song by Manchester Orchestra. One of my favourite songs by Manchester Orchestra as well. I just love them and their online presence is really wholesome as well. So they, they like every tweet that people mention them in and they're really they're just really nice guys and they run a Discord they run a private Discord and you have to like print off a flyer post it somewhere public and take a picture of yourself with the flyer and then they may give you access to the Discord. So the yeah, tweet lords nice. and Discord lords then. Is that what we're saying? But yeah, if that that's an album, that's a song that just came out on the 18th. So, what's it is. so it came out four days ago. Yeah, I've not listened to it yet, but I'm, I'm very much will will pick that up. And uh, you've, you've, you've totally caught me off guard with, with Carpenter Brute. Robbie, because yeah, the Widowmaker is is tremendous, and I'm just reminded that they they've got a live cover of Maniac. They did a cover of yep. Maniac yes. from like Footloose or or whatever it was, and oh, Flashdance was the movie. Flashdance, yeah. thank you, thank you. So great, great, great first. What are you listening to? <laughs> There'll be a jingle in there. What somewhere. are you listening to? What are there you listening to? There it is. I'm going to edit something from that. Good luck. It'll be in Ethereum. Cool. So I, th- I think on that, do we have anything more to say on Trivium? No, I've covered everything. I'm quite happy. We've gone into some depths and plunged into some memories and reminded me why I don't listen to Trivium. Savage. <laughs> Robbie? Yeah, no, I am, again, I think we've kind of covered everything for me. Happy, I'm glad, like I say, happy that you guys got me on. It was interesting to go back and kind of rediscover Ascendancy with fresh ears. And yeah, it's just been a pleasure talking to you guys and shooting the shit, as they say, about some trivium. Been wonderful to have you on, man, and thanks very much for your time. And anyone still listening, please check out at The Lies of Atlas. But Lav? Yes? You need to... You need to get the ball rolling here. Well, you need to ask me what what what's happening next week, Keith. Oh God, yeah, I completely missed that. What what's happening next week, lad? <laughs> I'll keep you right. Don't you worry. Next week, thank you. I thank you. after listening to Trivium for a week, I want to get away from the the the, the metal core, but I don't want to go too far away. I don't want to stray too far off this beaten track. I like that we're back into the mid two thousands. It's a lot to talk about. So next, I'd like to talk about a band that is still near and dear to me. I want to talk about Comeback Kid, Wake the Dead. Cool. Cool, Wicked Man. I'm down for that. I do not know enough Comeback Kid. It is. They 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 only released they released a new album just like in January and it's an absolute ripper. They they they're one of those bands that can do no wrong. 
I love Comeback Kid. I've loved them from the minute I've heard them. I've probably seen them more than any other band live. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking about Wake the Dead. Comeback Kid, Wake the Dead. Wake the Dead. Wake the Dead or Wake? Just <laughs> waking. No, just wake. Just wake. Just the wake dead. the right, dead. Because okay, I don't want to cross streams with Avenged Sevenfold. We're not. Even though Ascendancy is the better album. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, with, with that, Keith, do you want to take us home? <laughs> I cannot wait. This is this is going to be a doozy. So, thanks very much, everyone, for listening. We have been alive or just blathering with with Robbie from the Lies of Atlas. If you want to get in touch with us or Robbie, just head over to Instagram at the Lies of Atlas or at AOGB Pod. AOGB Podcast. I do this every week. I'm so sorry. AOGB Podcast. Drop us a tweet. Drop us an Instagram. Drop us an email at AOGB.podcast.fucking.whatever apparently at Gmail. <laughs> I better say that properly. At AOGB.podcast at gmail.com. Maybe write us an essay as to why we were absolutely wrong about Apex Twin. <laughs> Referencing last week's episode. Anyway, let's get rid of this. Next week, Lav will be taking us through Wake the Dead by Comeback Kid. Good night. Good night. Good night.